15 things you must know about keto for long-term results that stick. Let's do this. So here are my favorite lab markers that I do on myself, I do on my clients. This is important to get on the ketogenic lifestyle. The A1C is important. That's gonna look at the three month average of your blood sugar. So we wanna see that ideally below 5.2. And then HOMA IR is a great insulin resistance test. High sensitivity C-reactive protein. This is a great assessment to see your risk of a cardiovascular event. NMR is a fantastic test because it's looking at your LDL cholesterol, but it's looking at the particle sizes because LDL cholesterol in itself, it's not bad or good. It depends on the size of your particles and the amount of inflammation in your body. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, best-selling author of three books, founder of Keto Camp. Here at Keto Camp, we're on a mission to educate and to inspire one billion people. Now, keto is all the rage these days, and rightfully so, when done right, ketosis is a powerful way to downregulate inflammation, burn some body fat, and help you live a long, healthy life. It turns out there is not one way to practice keto. As somebody who has been teaching keto and doing keto since 2013, I've put thousands and thousands of clients under different ketogenic protocols. I'm gonna outline 15 must-knows about keto. This is great whether you are brand new to keto, you're a keto beginner, somebody who has been doing keto and not getting results, or somebody who has fallen off track and wants to get back into the great land of ketosis. How keto weight loss works, how ketosis works at the cellular level, why more protein is actually better on keto, why you might feel worse before you feel better. And then I gotta tell you this, number 15 on this list, the last tip is the most controversial one, but I promise you, if you do this the right way, this is how you get long-term keto results. So let's get right into the first lesson. There's a secret out there that not a lot of keto educators are speaking about, and this is the secret. Keto is not a diet. Keto is a metabolic state a metabolic process that has been around since humans have existed. That's right, 2.5 million years. So when somebody tells you, oh, keto is a fad, it's a trend, tell them no, it's not, it's a fact. It's been around for 2.5 million years. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. When you think about this, every single one of your ancestors did keto. Their environment determined this fact because when they didn't have food readily available, they were forced to go through times of famine, which they fasted, and their body had to burn body fat. The liver produced ketones, which helped fuel the brain. So we know that every single one of our ancestors did ketosis, and it could be super healing when done right. Also, when you consider babies that are given breast milk from their mother, 
Breast milk has saturated fat and cholesterol, which actually helps the development of the baby's brain, and it puts that baby in ketosis. That's correct. Babies go in and out of ketosis. The brain is mostly fat. Your body loves fat. Fat makes your hormones and your cells. And then one little historic nugget here is that when you think about Pythagoras, who was a Greek mathematician long back ago, he would actually systematically have all the students fast for 40 days before they could enter his course because they would be in ketosis and in a peak mental state ready to learn and get his information. So I want you to really understand how your metabolism works and how ketosis works at the cellular level. We have 70 trillion cells inside of the body. This is one of those cells. And you probably heard about your genetics, the genes you were born with. Yes, you have your DNA nucleus within your genes. It's true that you cannot change the genes that you were born with. You were dealt those deck of cards and you are stuck with them. But you can change the expression of those genes via a process called epigenetics, which is defined as above the gene. So I want you to think of genes, your DNA, as a light switch. You could turn on a light switch, turn off a light switch. Your genes do the same thing. They turn on, they turn off, and you actually have control over which genes you wanna turn on versus which genes you wanna turn off, and that's the epigenetics component. You have over 90% control over your genes. So yes, genes load the gun, but you determine whether or not you pull the trigger. Now inside of those cells, you also have these little organelles, which are called the mitochondria. The mitochondria is the battery pack for your cells. It produces ATP, which stands for adenosine triphosphate. Think of ATP as the gasoline for your cell. Your cells are producing energy, it's burning fat, and you're feeling good. This is the way that you were designed to be. Now what sits atop every cell are these receptor sites. They're called integral membrane proteins. I want you to think of your receptor sites as a cell phone antenna. What does the cell phone antenna do? What's the job? To receive a signal to produce a job. Same thing here. There's over about 30,000 receptor sites on every individual cell, and there's hundreds to thousands of mitochondria in every individual cell. Now, these receptor sites are receiving the signals from your hormones, your nutrients, and the oxygen that you breathe and the oxygen in your body. So they're just communicating. The cell receptor sites are hearing the message. Okay, you want me to, you want me to burn fat? Okay, I'll burn fat. You want me to produce energy? I'll produce energy. I'll turn off the bad genes. I'll turn on the good genes. That's what's happening in the body. Now, outside of your cell is a lipid bilayer. Yes, lipid means fat. It's made up of cholesterol, saturated fat, and protein. Life begins and life ends on the cell membrane. The cell membrane is the bodyguard of your cells. It actually tells your DNA, tells your genes to turn on and turn off. It communicates, it is the bodyguard that allows good things in and bad things out. Now here's the problem. When we are not in ketosis, when we are eating a high carbohydrate diet, we are what's called a sugar burner. Look, I'm somebody who was actually obese for most of my life. As you can see, here are some photos of me when I was obese at the age of 23, 24 years old. I weighed 250 pounds. I was a pure sugar burner. It is not fun when you are a sugar burner because you have to eat every two to three hours just to function. And here's how you know if you're a sugar burner or not. 
skip a meal and see how you feel. If you skip a meal and you feel hangry, you can't function, you, you don't have any clarity, then chances are your metabolism is broken right now and you are a sugar burner. Burning sugar is a toxic fuel source to the body. Now out of the 70 trillion cells that we have, our cells could only burn two sources of fuel. Either we're burning sugar, like I just mentioned, or we're burning fat and producing ketones. When the cells are stuck as sugar burners, it creates a lot of byproducts, cellular smoke. So yes, your cells produce energy and it creates byproducts, cellular smoke, the same way if I had firewood in this room right now and I burned that firewood, it would create smoke. When you burn sugar and glucose as your primary fuel source, it creates a lot of cellular smoke. I compare that to a Mack truck. Picture this Mack truck speeding through the highway with all of this smoke just coming out of the exhaust pipe. That's not gonna be healthy for its surrounding environment, right? Well, it's not healthy for your cellular environment when you are actually burning sugar. And it creates now inflammation, you might've heard that word, it creates inflammation around your cells and then all of a sudden it blunts and blocks these receptor sites. So now your fat burning hormones and all your hormones can't get in. The nutrients that you're taking, the supplements can't do their job. There's no effect, your supplements don't do anything and the oxygen's even having a difficult time getting into the cell. What happens next is a, is a symptom starts to occur. Maybe that symptom is you gain 30 pounds. Maybe you can't lose weight. Maybe you have developed type two diabetes or even cancer. These are all symptoms. They are actually not the problem. When I was obese, I did not have a weight problem. I had a weight symptom. If you're dealing with a symptom right now, it's time to look at the cause. And when you take care of the cause, the symptom goes away by default. So let's compare this to now how ketosis is working inside of your body. Let's say you are now doing keto the right way, the way that I'm gonna teach you here in this video. All of a sudden, now you're going to downregulate inflammation because when you switch and teach yourselves to burn fat now instead of sugar, that's what I compare to a Tesla. Cruising through your streets, much cleaner for its surrounding environment, much cleaner fuel source for your cellular environment. And that's what we wanna do. We wanna do clean keto so we could downregulate inflammation, allow your hormones and nutrients and oxygens into your cell so your symptoms go away by default. This is how ketosis works at the cellular level. Now that you understand how the metabolism works and how ketosis works inside of your body, let's get into the first tip on what you must know when doing the keto. Number one, focus on health over weight loss. You probably follow Dr. Eric Berg who has some great content out there and he's right when he says this. We do not lose weight to get healthy. We get healthy to lose weight. I just showed you what it looks like to get healthy. We reduce inflammation at the cellular level and then all of a sudden your fat burning hormones get into your cells and you lose weight because you lose weight as a side effect of good health. So what's more important? Here's what I tell the Keto Camp Academy members. Pay attention to non-scale victories right now. You're just starting keto. Don't let that scale determine whether or not this approach is working for you. Instead, give yourself a good seven weeks of doing this the right way. Don't even weigh yourself for seven weeks, but pay attention to these non-scale victories. How do your clothes fit? Are they fitting better? A little bit more loose? What about your energy levels? Do you have more energy, mental clarity? Maybe some of your brain fog is going away. Is your sleep improved? 
What about your gut, your digestion? Is that improved? What about your skin? Is your skin starting to clear up? Some of the acne is going away. These are all important non-scale victories. And then here are some lab markers that I highly recommend you get done from your doctor starting keto because this is gonna help you really see if this approach is working for you or not. Don't guess, test. So here are my favorite lab markers that I do on myself, I do on my clients. This is important to get on the ketogenic lifestyle because keto is not a diet, it's a metabolic state, remember. The A1C is important, that's gonna look at the three month average of your blood sugars. Not just your blood sugar at that moment of the test, but a three month average. And we wanna see that ideally below 5.2. And then HOMA IR is a great insulin resistance test to see how well you're doing at processing glucose and how well the beta cells in your pancreas are doing with producing insulin. This is also a great inflammatory marker, high sensitivity C-reactive protein. This is a great assessment to see your risk of a cardiovascular event. And then we have C-peptide, again, looking at your pancreatic health. NMR is a fantastic test because it's looking at your LDL cholesterol, but it's looking at the particle sizes because LDL cholesterol in itself, it's not bad or good. It depends on the size of your particles and the amount of inflammation in your body. So this splits it up into large and fluffy particles, which is the good type of LDL versus the small and sticky particles, which is the bad LDL that with in combination of inflammation could get lodged into your arteries leading to heart disease. NMR, which stands for nuclear magnetic resonance, looks at these markers for you. Then we have HDL, which is called the good cholesterol, and triglyceride. And this is a good ratio to look at with your heart disease risk, your HDL to triglyceride ratio. Then we have vitamin D, so important because vitamin D is not only a steroid hormone, but it's also an antioxidant and it's very, very important for you. Homocysteine is a great inflammatory marker of blood vessels in the brain and in the heart. And then your fasting insulin, it could be a good add-on right there. You know, you could also do a full thyroid panel and other things. These are just essential markers to get done. Do this and then maybe three months into your ketogenic approach, you do it again, you're gonna be astonished at all of the improvement in your body with these blood markers. Number two thing you must know on keto is to understand this concept called electrolyte dumping. Now this is important for you to avoid things like the keto flu, which you might have heard of. We don't necessarily need to go through this keto flu, which can be a combination of carbohydrate withdrawal symptoms. So we wanna taper down the carbs slowly, which I'll talk about later, but also an electrolyte dumping, because here's what happens. Your kidneys play a big role here in the keto flu and just not feeling good in the beginning stages of, of keto because when your body is a sugar burner, when you're eating a lot of carbohydrates, you are actually retaining a lot of water, making you feel bloated, look bloated, you just don't feel so good. Now, as you're transitioning into the great land of ketosis, your body is eating more fat, less carbs, so you're gonna retain less water, and now your electrolytes, which get stored in your kidneys, are now being released with the excess water that's being released. You're gonna feel lighter, you're gonna look lighter, two thumbs up. However, it could create an electrolyte deficiency leading to things like the keto flu. Now here's your antidote, very simple thing to do here. Every single day, have my keto cocktail, and here's what it consists of. 12 ounces of water. You're gonna throw in two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, one tablespoon of cream of tartar. The reason we're putting in cream of tartar is because it has additional potassium, which is a very important electrolyte. 
And then a pinch of sea salt. My favorite sea salt is Redmond's Real Salt. I'll put a link for them down below. You're gonna mix this all together. Have this even before your keto meals because it actually could help you break down that meal even better. But this is gonna be the antidote for this electrolyte dumping that occurs with the kidneys. The next thing is to follow the 2-2-2-2 rule. Credit to my mentor, Dr. Daniel Pompa, who wrote this excellent book, Beyond Fasting, who taught me this rule. This rule right here makes all the difference in teaching your body to start utilizing fatty acids for fuel and stop using the glucose and stop being a sugar burner. This makes the transition much more efficient. Every single day you're gonna consume this. No, you're not gonna consume it in one sitting. It is throughout the day. It's with your meals, your dressings. Just consider everything that you have throughout the day. Hit these markers right there, especially those first 14 days teach your body to burn fat, it'll help with cravings and it'll just help you get into ketosis much faster. Every day have two tablespoons of either coconut oil or MCT oil, have two tablespoons of olive oil or avocado oil, have two tablespoons of grass-fed butter or grass-fed ghee, I recommend the ghee over the butter, and then two teaspoons of sea salt. Again, you have this throughout your day, this is gonna teach your body to start utilizing fat and producing ketones and stop being a sugar burner. All right, number four is the relationship that your liver, your gallbladder, and your pancreas has with breaking down fat on keto. This is actually the number one reason why somebody might not feel good on the ketogenic diet. So this beautiful drawing for me here is showing you your gallbladder, which produces, or I should say stores, bile. Bile is a green substance that's produced by your liver. It's stored in your gallbladder. So this is what it looks like inside of your body. Now you might be watching this saying, oh shoot, Ben, I don't have a gallbladder. Can I do keto? Yes, you can. There's actually a video that I have on how to do keto without a gallbladder. I'll put it down below. But here's what I want you to understand. Bile is so important on keto because bile breaks down fat-soluble vitamins. Vitamins A, D, E, and K and you're eating more fat on keto, you wanna be able to absorb that fat. So bile acts like a detergent to start breaking down that fat, and it has a detoxification effect. When somebody has sluggish bile, they can't break down the fat, so they get diarrhea, constipation, they get stomach issues, and they just don't feel good on keto. They feel like crap. So here's what I want you to do, starting now on keto. Here are the top ways to support your liver and gallbladder and help produce bile to help break down the fat and absorb that fat. Bitters are better. Bitter is good for the liver. I want you to remember that. Here are all these ingredients. Have one or all of these every single day, but make sure you are consistent with this to get that healthy bile production to break down the fat on keto. Dandelion greens and dandelion tea, great. Ginger tea or ginger root, terrific. Organic coffee, Yes, congratulations, coffee drinker. If it's a healthy coffee, that's a healthy bile stimulant. So just make sure it's a good coffee. I personally love my friends over at Purity Coffee. They make the best keto coffee in the world, mold-free, heavy metals-free. If you go to ketocampcoffee.com and use ketocamp at checkout, you could get their bag of coffee beans for 10% off. Apple cider vinegar, you're gonna learn more about apple cider vinegar and how to incorporate that, but have that right before your meals to actually help with the glucose response and the breaking down of the fat of that meal. Lemons and limes, here's a cool keto hack for you. Sprinkle lemons and limes over your keto proteins, keto meats to help break down the protein and the fat. Arugula is my favorite green leafy vegetable here. Basil, oregano, thyme, and rosemary. Here's something cool about these little herbs here. You don't even have to necessarily eat them, now you could, 
but just by smelling them, so they could be an essential oil or the actual herb that you're smelling, helps your body and your stomach produce these pancreatic and stomach enzymes to break down the fat. Super cool. And then cilantro and parsley. So season your foods with cilantro and parsley. This can make all the difference for you. Now, if you wanna have some additional support, you could incorporate a supplement that has ox bile in it. I'll put my favorite one down below from Systemic Formulas. I take two before my big fatty keto meals. All right, number five is, okay, Let's. how do we calculate keto macros? How many calories should you have on keto? When we go on Dr. Google and we type in, what are the macros for keto? What are the calories for keto? You're gonna see a chart like this. And this chart actually does you a huge disservice, but let me break this down before I explain why this is wrong. It's gonna say, all right, we want 25% of your total carbs to come from protein, 5% from carbohydrates, and the rest of it could come from fat. Well, did you know this? The fat you get on keto can come from the food you're eating, the dietary fat, or it could come from your butt, your hips, and your thighs. It's your choice. So we wanna make sure we understand that, and there's no need to chug your fats, have all these oils, if it's just to hit your percentages, if you could just allow your body to tap into its own body fat, you could still meet those percentages. So you're probably thinking, okay, but how many calories should I have on keto? Let's understand this. The human body is not a calculator or a bank account or a math equation. The human body is a complex chemistry lab. That's why, yes, are calories, do they, do they matter? They do. Are they important? No. Calories, focusing on calories are a huge distraction to what really matters. I showed you the cell and I showed you that extra weight is a symptom. So what is the actual cause? It is the hormones, it is the inflammation, and it is cell metabolism. So let's not focus our attention on calories, and let's focus it on reducing cellular inflammation and on hormonal function. So staying on number five here, we wanna make sure we have enough protein. One of the biggest mistakes I see on keto is not eating enough protein. So here's a rule of thumb for you to follow starting today. Consume at least 40 to 50 grams of high quality animal-based protein at every single one of your keto meals. That equates to about eight ounces of protein. We want to fill the rest with fat. Eat enough fat so that you're satisfied. Here's why protein is important on keto. Protein activates tidy hormones and chemicals. Cholecystokinin, leptin, glucagon-like peptide, peptide YY. This just helps you feel full and satiated so you don't have the cravings and you actually feel satisfied on keto. So more protein is better. I highly recommend you follow this rule starting right now. All right, here's number six and number seven. We want to gradually start decreasing your carbohydrates while we, as I taught you, increase your protein, have enough fat until satiety, and also stop the snacking in between your meals. So let's break this down. Ketosis is a muscle. You wouldn't just run a marathon after being a couch potato for 10 years or do a CrossFit workout with no activity prior to that. You would hurt yourself. Ketosis is the same way. We want to develop this muscle. So what makes the transition much more enjoyable is to gradually decrease the carbohydrates. So here are some general rules for you to follow. You could customize these even more. But week one, the first seven days here, keep your total carbohydrates, total grams of carbs, upper limit at 100, so 100 or less. Week two, drop that to 75 grams or less. And then by week three, we wanna keep that under 50 grams. By this point, starting week three, so day 14, you should be in ketosis. That's the marker to hit. You could use apps like MyFitnessPal and Carb Manager to track those carbohydrates to give you a good idea 
of what you're consuming. And then we also want to stop snacking in between your meals. Start with your three meals, your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. The reason we don't want to snack in between meals is because anytime you snack, even if it's a healthy snack, you're going to raise insulin. And out of the 600 hormones in the body, only one of those hormones store fat, and that hormone is insulin. Insulin is the bully of the block. When insulin is around, your fat-burning hormones are gone. They're running away. They're non-existent because that bully insulin is around to beat them up. So what we want to do is avoid that. We want to not call insulin and avoid the snacking in between your meals. By having the extra protein, like I mentioned, by eating enough fat into satiety, you shouldn't feel the need to snack in between your meals. This is a crazy stat that I got from my colleague, Dr. Don Klum. The average American eats 17 to 23 times per day. I know that might sound crazy, but think about the handful of almonds they're grabbing the sip of the kombucha, the bite of the yogurt, the protein shake, the protein bar. Anytime you raise glucose and insulin, it is a meal to the body. And the average American is doing that 17 to 23 times per day. For the love of God, let's stop the snacking. This is a great protocol for you to do right off the bat when you're doing keto. Number eight, don't chase ketones, chase results. Having higher amounts of ketones are not necessarily a good thing, just like we don't want higher amounts of glucose. When you actually have too much ketones in your body, it actually means your brain body is not efficient at metabolizing those ketones, so you're not getting the benefits of that. But there is a sweet spot, and I'll share that, and I'll give you some advanced strategies shortly. But also, let's look at how to even test for ketones, because there's three primary ways to test for ketones. We have urine, breath, and blood. Out of these three methods, one of them is not accurate and I recommend you do not use this method and that's going to be the urine. Once the body is efficient at metabolizing ketones, it would actually not show up on those urine strips, leading you to might feel frustrated because I'm doing keto but if my urine strips are showing I'm not in ketosis, they're not turning dark. Well, in reality, you could be in ketosis but your body is so good now at using those ketones, it's just not pouring out in the urine. So I don't like urine, I don't recommend it. Let's stay away from urine. Now with breath, over the years I used to say, stay away from breath, the meters are not that accurate. I have come across the only accurate meter for breath, and that's called Biosense, and I'll put a link for them down below with the coupon code if you wanna check them out. But the most common way, and the best way probably to check your ketones, it's gonna be blood. I use Keto Mojo, I'll drop a link down for them below. But here is the optimal ranges for ketones in the blood and glucose, and here are some advanced strategies for you as well. The sweet spot I've seen for most people when it comes to blood ketones is going to be somewhere between 0.8 and 2.8. If you're in that range, you are hitting a good number of ketones. Now, once you hit 0.5 and higher, technically you are in ketosis, but I've seen 0.8 to 2.8 being a better range for you. And then here are some optimal glucose readings, blood glucose readings. In the fasted state, we wanna make sure your blood glucose is somewhere between 70 and 90. Yeah, the Keto Mojo will give you your blood glucose. One hour postprandial, here are some advanced strategies for you. One hour postprandial, which means one hour after eating a meal, we want our glucose to be below 120. These are American units, US units by the way. Two hours after eating that meal, we want it to be below 100. If you're hitting all these numbers right here, the approach you're following is working for you. You are a rock star and you are rocking it. I wanna take a quick break here to share with you about 
the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out, order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is Pure lifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. When we go on Dr. Google, we're gonna see over 200 million results for keto diet. There is no cookie cutter approach to keto, and the same is true with your health. A lot of people who teach keto teach it the dirty way. I want you to really understand clean keto versus dirty keto so we can reduce inflammation and we can get results that stick for a lifetime. So on the left side here, we have the dirty keto items. We wanna stay away from these items. And before I even outline all of them and why I recommend you avoid them, I interviewed two individuals on the Keto Camp podcast. The first individual was Professor Brian Peskin, who is a brilliant researcher from MIT. He wrote the book, The PEO Solution. We were having a conversation and I brought up these dirty fats on keto and I said, hey, Professor Peskin, what do you think is worse for the human? Having these rancid bad fats on keto or smoking a cigarette each day? And according to his research, he said, if somebody smoked two packs of cigarettes every single day, for 28 years, their chances of developing lung cancer within those 28 years is about 16%, 1-6%. Then he said, for somebody who consumes these bad fats every single day for up to 28 years, their chances of developing cancer and or heart disease was 86%. That's insane. In this scenario, it makes these bad fats on the left side here worse than smoking a cigarette. And no, I'm not advocating cigarette smoking, I'm just making a point here. And then I asked Dr. Kate Shanahan, who wrote the book Deep Nutrition, The Fat Burn Fix, asked her this question on the Keto Camp podcast about Brian Peskin's research, and I asked her if it aligns with her research. And she said, well, it's actually closer to 100% disease when you're having these keto foods on the left side here. Yikes. So we wanna avoid these bad fats. Canola, corn, cottonseed, soybean, sunflower, peanut, safflower, rice bran oil. We wanna avoid pasteurized cow dairy, especially for the first 28 days. We wanna avoid non-organic meats and veggies. I know 
Organic meats and veggies cost more money. Do the best you can with your resources, but ideally we wanna avoid them. And then we wanna avoid farm seafood, like farm fish, because farm seafood has higher amounts of PCBs, which stand for polychlorinated biphenyls. All you need to know is they create uh, it's a carcinogen, it can create cancer in the body. And then down here, you see these are starred. You're probably thinking, what, Ben? No almonds on keto, no spinach, nightshades, legumes? What the heck? For the first 30 days, I recommend you avoid almonds and spinach because they're higher in this anti-nutrient called oxalates, which actually could create gut dysbiosis. For the first 28 days, get rid of them. And then nightshades like eggplants and potatoes and tomatoes, let's avoid those. Those could actually poke holes in your gut and legumes like peanut butter and hummus, avoid that for the first 30 days. And the reason is because when your body consumes these vegetable industrial seed oils, it has no use for them. It cannot, the body cannot burn these bad fats. They are unstable fats that actually get gunked up on your cell receptor sites, creating inflammation. Now it's blocking your fat burning hormones from getting into your cells. So it's like you screaming at me, but I cannot hear you. The message is not being heard. That's what's happening with your hormones and your cells when you consume these bad fats. There was a study in the PEO solution from Brian Peskin that showed on average, it took about 132 days to bring down inflammation to a healthy level once you remove these bad unstable fats, meaning five minutes of pleasure eating that plate of food with vegetable oils could result in about five months of cellular dysfunction. Is it worth it? I don't think so. Now it's not all doom and gloom here. There are a whole host of healthy, clean keto foods you could have in abundance and feel good on keto. So I recommend avocado oil and avocados, olives and olive oil, coconut, coconut oil. Take a screenshot here. <laughs> Take this to your grocery store. MCT oil, grass fed and grass finished red meat is terrific. And then we have goat and sheep dairy is fine. We don't want cow dairy those first 28 days, but goat and sheep, the body handles much, much better. Raw organic nuts and seeds, my favorite are peely nuts, macadamia nuts, walnuts, pecans, wild caught seafood, green leafy vegetables, pastured eggs. I have an entire what I call keto camp blueprint where I even have more approved foods, how to cook those foods. I put together this guide for you. It's called the Keto Camp Blueprint. You could download it for free over at ketocampblueprint.com. It is an aisle by aisle grocery shopping list for you to feel like a rock star on keto. I will also drop a link for you down below. All right, here's an important tip for you. If you're getting sugar cravings, carb cravings on keto, these ingredients right here would actually help you out big time. Science has proven that the following ingredients could help with your cravings. Number one, L-glutamine. L-glutamine will help you wean. It calms the part of your brain that lights up when you experience a sugar, a carbohydrate addiction, which by the way, is the same region in the brain that lights up when somebody experiences a cocaine addiction. So in this scenario, it makes sugar as addicting as cocaine. So I recommend whenever you experience those cravings, take some L-glutamine. Then we have ginseng. Studies have shown it can lower postprandial glucose, that is after a meal glucose, helping you hit those optimal numbers of glucose after a meal. Cloves are terrific. Studies show it could help manage glucose levels in the blood. Fenugreek is loaded with minerals and antioxidants, which have been shown to help stabilize blood glucose. And then cinnamon activates the receptor sites on those cells that I showed you earlier, allowing glucose into the cell more efficiently. I'll put links for some of my favorite supplements of these down below in the video. What about artificial sweeteners on keto? 
On the left here, these are non-approved artificial sweeteners that I recommend you avoid on your ketogenic lifestyle. Xylitol, maltitol, sorbitol, mannitol, aspartame, sucralose, saccharine, and acelsifame potassium. These sweeteners, yes, they are keto-friendly, but these sweeteners, although they are keto-friendly, can create gut dysbiosis and actually could lead to some more cravings, especially aspartame and sucralose. So let's avoid these. And they're in a lot of keto bars and keto shakes, so make sure you read the ingredients. Here are the approved keto sweeteners that they can be fine in moderation as long as they're not leading to more cravings. Monk fruit, pure stevia, and erythritol. These are fine. I personally like stevia, and I use monk fruit from time to time as well. Number 12, this is very important because this is the fundamentals of health. And if you can master these two things, everything else with your ketogenic approach will work that much better. So we wanna master our sleep, master our stress. Let's start with the first thing here, stress. Stress will knock you out of ketosis. If you don't believe me, you could even test this out. You could test your blood glucose, test your blood ketones. Let's say you have optimal glucose and you're in ketosis and then go get stressed out. Watch the news, go argue with somebody and then go test your glucose and ketones again. What are you going to see? Your glucose is going to go up, your ketones are going to drop because stress, mental emotional stress, can raise cortisol, glucose follows, ketones drop. So stress will knock you out of ketosis. I know it's been a challenging year. Let's make sure we master stress. Here's how I personally master stress levels. Love and gratitude. Two of the biggest healers that we have in this world are love and gratitude. They are superpowers that far too little people use. And when I say love, I mean loving yourself. You might think this is woo woo, but love yourself like your life depended on it. And then you love other people. So you could practice this by looking in the mirror and saying, thank you, I love you. You could have affirmations in your head, I do this. And then gratitude is a superpower because whatever we think about, whatever we think about, we bring about. It's a universal law that whatever we feed energy to expands. So even if you don't believe that, you might not believe in gravity, but gravity is also a universal law and you could jump off a balcony and what will happen? you'll see that gravity does exist. Same thing with this law. So instead of complaining, instead of focusing on what's not working for you, instead of focusing on hate, focus on love and gratitude and you'll get more of love and gratitude. You, whatever you appreciate, appreciates. Secondly, long walks. If you have a pet, if you have a dog, pet your dog, watch a funny TV show. These are all methods to raise oxytocin, which counteracts cortisol. Uh, and then living on purpose with your purpose. So important. What is important to you? What are your highest values? I'm going to put a link down below for my favorite self-development books so you can determine what your true purpose really is. And then change your thoughts, change your life. The average person thinks 60,000 thoughts per day. And get this, 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts from the day before, which are usually negative thoughts. These are what's called our paradigm, learned behaviors for the first seven years of our life that determine our behavior as an adult. So when we can start noticing a thought that passes by, and if it's a negative thought, change that thought. One of our greatest powers is the ability to change your thought. Something I learned from Lisa Nichols is to think of your thoughts as two record players, those tape players. I don't know if you remember those tape players, but you had tape A, tape B, and you could put one tape here, one tape there. Think of tape A as a negative thought. And if you could notice that you're having the awareness of a negative thought, I can't do keto, I'm too overweight, I'm not healthy, I don't have energy, that's a negative thought, right? So you would literally press the button to exit that tape and then press the button to play side B 
which is a positive thought. This is a great way to do it. You actually touch your forehead and start thinking a better thought. That could be a method that you could utilize. And then we have grounding, which is simply just walking barefoot on planet Earth and allowing these free electrons to do their thing in their body. So you walk barefoot on grass or dirt or the sand. This is a great way. It's like taking a handful of antioxidants. It could be really healing to your body. And then lastly, at the bottom here, but definitely not least important and probably the most important, sleep. When you have poor sleep, you have higher amounts of cortisol the next day, higher amounts of insulin, lower amounts of ketones. You're not going to feel good. It's going to deplete your willpower. It's going to make it very difficult to stay on the course with keto. So here are some tips for you to master your sleep starting tonight. Make sure your bedroom is cold and dark. Studies show 62 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit is the sweet spot for deep restorative delta sleep where your body blasts fat, your brain shrinks in size, and you flush out toxins via the glymphatic system. Take a warm to hot shower an hour before bed. Make that bedroom as dark as possible. And the final tip here for sleep is to drink some banana tea. Banana tea is nature's NyQuil. Learn about this from my colleague, Dr. Michael Bruce. Shout out to Dr. Bruce. You would have a whole banana, and yes, this is keto friendly, by the way. Whole banana, you keep the peel on, you cut the ends off, boil that banana with the peel on until it starts to turn brown. What happens is the peel of the banana has more potassium, magnesium, micronutrients than the banana itself. That'll seep out into the water, drink that water as a tea, and that'll calm the mind and help you get good sleep. You discard the banana because you're doing keto and that's not keto friendly. I have a, a book on Amazon called The Power of Sleep. If you want to read five chapters on how to really master your sleep, I'll put a link for it down below. Tip number 13, after day 14, pair intermittent fasting with your ketogenic lifestyle. Keto and fasting go hand in hand. They're like brother and sister. They both do a terrific job at keeping glucose and insulin low, allowing you to burn body fat and it could accelerate your ketone production as well. Now, I'm not gonna go into all the benefits of fasting here. I have other videos and podcasts about fasting, about cellular repair, how it fixes the gut. But here is a great method schedule for you to start doing with keto once you hit day 14. 18-6 schedule. 18 hours out of the day, you're in a fasted state. You're just having water and some sea salt, no food. You're not raising glucose, you're not raising insulin. And then you have a six hour eating window with two keto friendly meals. For example, 12 p.m. you have your first meal and then at 6 p.m. you have your final meal. So you have two keto meals and then you have 18 hours fasted outside of that. That's gonna be such a fantastic way for you to accelerate your ketone production and fat loss and see a reduction of inflammation. Number 14, this is something a lot of people overlook, and that is gonna be community is key, no matter what you're doing. When you embark on a new goal, it's gonna challenge you. And when it challenges you and you stay the course, then it changes you for the better. But yes, it might suck at first. Look, when I was going through my 80 pounds of weight loss, when I went from 250 pounds down to 170 pounds, I gotta tell you, in the beginning, it sucked. When I started keto, in the beginning, it sucked. When I worked out, it sucked, I was sore all the time. And when you embark on keto, when you embark on a new goal, I got news for you, it's gonna suck. But you wanna embrace the suck because my formula for success is suck, 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 cess. Just keep pushing forward. Don't quit because quitters never win and winners never quit. And what's gonna help you keep this approach and keep you going is community. So here are some things that we can understand. Crabs in a bucket, who are the crabs in your life. It turns out you could put 20 crabs in a bucket. 
without a lid. Leave those crabs overnight in that bucket, come back the next morning, and you'll see all 20 crabs still in that bucket. And you might be wondering, why didn't they just try to escape and break free? Well, they did. Anytime a crab attempted to escape that bucket, the other crabs would see it and claw at it, drag it back down and keep it back down because those crabs love misery. And I wanna ask you this, who are the people in your life that are crabs, that are dragging you down to bad eating patterns? to toxic thoughts. It's important to determine who they are because then you could spend less time with them and you could actually start cutting them out of your life. It's also important to read books like the top five regrets of the dying. Look, nobody is living your life. Nobody has your vision. Nobody has your highest values and your purpose. There was a nurse who wrote this book. Her name is Bonnie Ware and she surveyed hundreds of patients in a hospice in Australia. These are dying individuals and she asked them on their deathbed, what was your biggest regret? And you know what they said? The number one regret of the dying was not living a life true to themselves. Instead, they lived the life of what others expected of them. They let the crabs in their life take over them and determine their worth when their worth was only up to them. So I encourage you to not have that regret. I encourage you to find a community. Maybe it's an accountability partner that you share this video with and you say, hey, Let's do keto together. Maybe you join the Keto Camp Academy, which is an, an exclusive online health coaching program with amazing support, amazing accountability, and the step-by-step -step structure for keto and fasting. I don't know what it is, but it's important to find that community, to find that support system. I can tell you this, I support you, Keto Camper. I'm gonna keep showing here on this channel and on the Keto Camp Podcast. I'm gonna keep educating, and I'm gonna always be here for you to support you along the way. All right, it's time to get to the last tip. This is gonna be shocking, I wanna warn you, but it's gonna really tie it all together so you can get long-term results on keto. Let's do it. The final tip here is this. Do not stay in ketosis for too long. What? That might sound crazy coming from the founder of Keto Camp, but there are two reasons why we don't wanna be in ketosis for too long. Number one, fat burning will actually begin to slow down. So you're probably thinking right now, all right, Ben, what is, what is too long? in ketosis. Somewhere between the three to six month mark of doing keto, we wanna start flexing out and I'll explain how to do that. But here's the first problem. Your body, the number one priority for the body is survival. And if you've only taught the body to burn fat and that's it, nothing else, what is it going to do? It's gonna to wanna to slow down its only precious fuel source, which is fat. So it actually could blunt the receptor sites, insert water into your cells, creating dimply fat, slowing down fat burning to preserve its life. That's what your body can do. So I compare this to, let's say it is the summertime, right? And you know, winter's coming around the corner. It's a few months away. It's gonna be a cold winter month. So during the summer, you store about 20 logs of firewood to get ready for the cold winter month so you could burn that firewood and help you survive and feel warm during winter. Now, winter rolls around. You have about five months of really cold weather. You only have 20 logs of fire. Your fuel is short. What are you gonna do? You're gonna be very cheap, you're gonna be very scarce with how you burn that firewood. You're gonna burn it very, very slow. That's what's happening when you're in ketosis for too long. You've taught the body, you only have fat for fuel, it's the only precious fuel source, let's slow down fat burning. Now when you have what I call a keto flex day, which I'm gonna show you how to do it, that's like your friend coming over and saying, oh, you only have 20 logs of fire, here, I'm gonna dump another 100 logs for you. What are you gonna do now? You're going to be more motivated and inspired to go and burn more firewood. You're going to accelerate the burning. That's what happens when you introduce a keto flex day. It ramps up fat burning. And before I get to that and how to do that, I wanna explain 
the second issue, and that's going to be thyroid issues on keto. When you're in ketosis for too long, this can happen, and I want you to be aware of it because I want you to be proactive here and not reactive. The goal here is to empower you to be a genius. Einstein said, intellectuals solve problems, geniuses prevent them. So here's how it works. The hypothalamus pituitary, which is in the brain, stimulates the thyroid hormone. It's called thyroid stimulating hormone. TSH. And that thyroid gland then produces T4. T4 is an inactive version or an inactive form of the thyroid hormone. The body cannot really use T4. It needs to be converted to T3, which is the active form of thyroid. T3 is very important for fat burning, very important for producing energy and just helping you feel good. It's so important that every cell has a receptor site for the T3 hormone. This is a whole process here. TSH to T4 to T3 to the cells, and then the job is communicated. Now the issue here is when you have chronically low levels of insulin, like when you're in ketosis for too long, this could begin to dysfunction. Do you know why? Because in order to make this conversion from T4 to T3, you know what helps make that conversion? Insulin. So having a period of time where you get a small insulin spike and then it let it go back down could make this conversion so you don't get any thyroid issues in the future. Super interesting, right? I'm writing an entire book about keto flexing and how to do this the right way. One of the methods in there is called the 511 keto flexing. Again, shout out to Dr. Pompa who taught me this method. So this is more advanced strategies and long-term, but I want to teach it to you right now so you're prepared to do it three months into ketosis. Five days out of the week, you're doing your 18-6 schedule, you're having your two keto meals, you're in ketosis for those five days. One day out of the week, you're doing a 24-hour water fast. You're just going dinner to dinner or lunch to lunch. You're getting more fat loss, more of this autophagy cellular repair. And then the final day is your keto flex day. You have earned the badge to intentionally get out of ketosis by having about 100 to 200 grams of high quality, healthy carbs, more protein, less fat, and you don't do much fasting on that day. Now, if you've done this the right way, if you follow this protocol the right way, you should be able to get right back into ketosis the following day. This is metabolic freedom and metabolic flexibility. Look, I believe we were designed to burn fat as our primal fuel source, but not the only fuel source. So keto flexing is a way to do it. Going back to our ancestors, how I explained, they all did ketosis, right? But they also, when they had the opportunity, got out of ketosis with the fruit tree, with the tubers, with the honey. They didn't look at their tribe and say, we don't eat that, bro, we're keto. No, no, they ate those carbs. They got out of ketosis and then went right back in. That's the goal. This is how we do it long term. Now, there is something to consider here. There is a reason why when you follow this approach, in the beginning, you might feel worse before you feel better. I wanna share that with you, and then we're gonna close out, we're gonna land the plane on this awesome video. Here's why you might feel worse before you feel better on keto. It has to do with fat cells, toxins, and the PPARY pathway. Toxins are everywhere, I think you would agree. And when I say toxins, they could come from all forms. It could come from silver amalgam fillings, which is about 50% mercury. It could come from lead-based paint, contact lenses, uh, flu shots, vaccinations. It comes from perfumes and cleaning products, water supply, food. We live in the most toxic period in the history of this world. When toxins enter the body, whether we are eating it on our, in our food, whether it touches our skin or we're breathing it in or it's in our mouth from silver fillings, when toxins enter the body, the number one priority for the body is survival. I mentioned that earlier. 
The body does not want those toxins to enter your vital organs and create disease and kill you. So what it does, it signals the PPARY pathway, which actually starts shuttling those toxins into your fat cells, which makes your fat cells larger and it actually could create new fat cells for those toxins to go into. Your body is doing this to save your life. It is absolutely incredible. This is a survival mechanism. But here's what happens when you start to burn fat on keto. Your body cannot burn toxins. So what happens is now you're doing keto, you're burning fat, you're shrinking fat cells, which is terrific, but all of a sudden now you're dumping those toxins into the bloodstream and your body cannot burn those toxins. So it starts to reabsorb them. So you're losing weight and you're feeling like crap. You're starting keto and you're feeling like crap. It could be toxin related. So the bitters that I mentioned earlier has a great detoxification effect. That's gonna help you detoxify some of those toxins, but also it's important to see if there's some big upstream toxins in your body. So I do recommend you determine your level of toxicity. This is a free quiz that it'll just take you a few minutes to accomplish and it'll give you a low, moderate, or high score and that's ToxicMiami.com. No, you don't have to live in Miami to take this quiz, but this is something to consider. I just want you to be aware of this, so if you're not feeling good, you're doing everything right, but you're not feeling good on keto, this could be why. I know I just gave you a lot of information. I would love to really take this to another level and teach you ketosis and, and show you how exactly to do this for long-term results in the ketosis masterclass that I have created for you. Now this is a free masterclass. We have limited spots available. I give away free digital downloads and gifts for those who attend, but I wanna teach you more methods for how to flex in and out of ketosis. I wanna teach you some more advanced keto strategies, how fasting could actually accelerate ketosis and give you some different fasting strategies. And you could sign up for this webinar today by going to ketosismasterclass.com. I'll put a link for it down below. This is a free webinar. It's gonna take what you learned today to another level. I do also have a 10 part series on how to do keto here on the YouTube channel. I'm gonna put a link for that 10 part series down below so you can watch that when you're done here. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. If you could share this on Facebook, on Twitter, share it on your social media, text it to a friend. Let's get the information out there. This is how to do keto so you can feel and look like a rock star. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.